folding pocket. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode. Thank you. Hello and welcome to The Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover, live from Antwerp, Ooh. by the way. <laughs> she travels. Me, semi-retired, mediocre car tracing driver, Christian Hugill. <laughs> and, and me, very proud team principal, Greg James. So, Betty in Antwerp hanging out with Simone Biles. I know. So, in my 30 before 30 bucket list, which we've been going on about, one of them is to interview, like, the top five sporting greats and the goats. And on this podcast, I interviewed Lewis Hamilton, so that's tick... And I interviewed Simone Biles today, so tick. Betty has been covering the gymnastics for the BBC live in Antwerp, and it's all it's all done and dusted. You're coming back tomorrow, are you? Flying back tomorrow morning. Um, and I was actually I had to run out and get some food before we did this podcast, and I had the F1 on my phone, and this waiter came over. He was like a massive Max Verstappen fan, so he was like, "Oh my God, is Max winning?" And I was like, "Well, of course he's winning <laughs> because he always does, doesn't he? Apart from one race, it's not a surprise." I too was listening to the radio to Harry Benjamin who we've had on this podcast who's great and Alex Brundle who we've also had on this podcast who's also great and I wanted to just bring you two uh, little moments from the commentary that really tickled my fancy this one first of all I want to throw you back towards the front of the field where both McLarens are actually pegging uh, Max Verstappen fantastic <laughs> well so, it's uh it's all right for some isn't it Oh my god. He's that far ahead and that relaxed that he allows that to be done to him. <laughs> Only you, Greg. Only you would spot that. I, I think it's because I'm in uh I'm quite hungover and I was I'm finding lots of things funny. I also found this really fun. They were talking to Rosanna Tennant, who was doing the pit lane stuff, because they were trying to get an insight into why Logan Sargent retired, what was wrong with him and everything, which we'll get into in a second, I'm sure. And she reckoned it was dehydration, and they were talking about getting bottles of water out to him, and they said they should get a bottle of water out to Rosanna in case she gets dehydrated. And then it led to this discussion. Well, we know, we know Rosanna's a hardy soul. All she'd do with that bottle of water is pour it over Fernando Alonso's cockpit to help him out. Sorry? <laughs> Excuse me? I mean, it just turned into a... Alex Brundle! It turned into a carry-on film. If you're listening, BBC Radio 5 Live, please put Alex <laughs> Brundle on every week. Thank you very much. We need more of those innuendos. Fantastic. So, oh, I can hear uh, the Antwerp Police Department coming for you. (gasps) Sorry. I really, really love a foreign emergency service vehicle. The noise is just, it just hits different. Mm. It's so aggressive, isn't it? It's like, you know, they can't just have a nice little timid siren. It's got to be like... No, I love it. The Italian one's my fave. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. Or the the French one. Do let us know what your favourite European emergency service noise is. Send us a message, Fast Curious Pod. Yeah. Start your message with the word siren. You're mocking me, but we will we will have so many responses to that because everyone will have... Uh, no, I'm not mocking you. You are. You are. Uh, that's fine because Dad's hungover, <laughs> but that is fine. So let's get into the race. Spoilers coming your way because, uh, well, this is a debrief of the Qatar Grand Prix. So, Christian, what are the headlines, please? Uh, The headlines are Max Verstappen won and since we were last on the podcast has become a three-time world champion. So we should mention that. The other headlines are Lewis Hamilton crashed into his teammates, which is less than ideal for Mercedes and retired from the race. 
Uh, and what should we go with for our third headline? I feel like this should come in groups of three. It was well hot in Qatar. I've got, I've, okay, well, I've got another headline then, which is lots of people asking for the final standings of the Acast go-karting day because we didn't actually say where we came uh, in the final endurance race on the last podcast. Yes, I, be, I, was, I was like, where are you guys? Which, again, is a great reason for everyone to subscribe. So don't just listen to the odd episode. Subscribe so that it lands in your inbox so that you know when to listen. So, Christian, where did, you, where did we get? Fifth, was it? Fifth, producer Jimmy says. I think a fifth is a very respectable result, and it would have been fourth had I had not completely unfairly been punted off by someone from, was it TalkSport? Not sure. Uh, was it TalkSport? I, I might be defaming TalkSport. You know what? A great day was had by all. Some really great drivers, some really fun people that we met down there. Uh, love the Missed Apex gang <laughs> who've been having lots of Twitter chats with me over the last few days. Mm. So all in all, really fun. And my back's healing, which is good. Now, we mentioned the shunting uh, of Christian Hugill. We should mention the shunting of... George Russell slash Lewis Hamilton, whichever side you might be on. Christian, what was your take on that manoeuvre at the very start of the Qatar Grand Prix? Dr- drama from the off. For me, there's no real debate or controversy about that. It, it was entirely Lewis's fault. Lewis to go for that much of a lunge around the outside into turn one was overly optimistic. I also don't think it's the worst mistake in the world. You could see why he'd do it. People do go around the outside into there. It's not like it's a silly, stupid one. It's just a little clumsy and unfortunate. And credit to Lewis, even in the TV interview, he hadn't seen it yet and said it was probably my fault and then afterwards tweeted I totally take responsibility so these things happen there's not a big fallout between the teammates it's um Lewis has owned up to it and that's it yeah he also sort of said as well like in the heat of the moment he didn't understand what had sort of happened which I can kind of get like it was quite confusing to even sort of like watch anyway wasn't it Okay, so that's sort of Mercedes done and dusted. I do feel like we've uh, sort of breezed over just Max Verstappen casually winning the title a little bit, Christian. Did you hear Christian Horner on uh, the radio after the race? Like, considering, you know, should be elated, Christian Horner's like, great drive. Well done. It's a little bit anticlimactic for them because it, it's not like in, say, 2021 where it comes down to a final race or something like that. Mm. Let's be honest, they've known they're going to be world champions for such a long time. It's just worth saying, we we know so many of our listeners, because they tell us, are watching F1 for the first time this season. And this has been historic. You know, for a driver to make as few mistakes as Max has done this year is sensational. For a driver to be so at one with his car the driver and car to be so united is is unbelievable because you know look at Sergio Perez he came ninth today you know it's it's a fiercely good red bull but that's not enough it is the year we see him immortalized as one of the all-time greats he's been sensational and I can't heap enough praise on Max and on the Red Bull team unbelievable season fully deserved well Christian Obviously, we've talked so much on this podcast about how incredible Max Verstappen is and and how well he's done this season, of course. So I think, you know, this is a great opportunity for a bit of quickfire 
Beat the Christian, your favourite. Hey. Well, we don't normally do beat the Christian on a race review. Well, this is why you need to be ready for the race at all times. Yeah, sure. Isn't it? Betty, hit him. Okay, so Max's third title. There are now 11 drivers who have won the championship three or more times, Christian. So the question is, and producer Jimmy is getting a stopwatch ready, how many can you name in a minute, his face. <laughs> uh, okay, the time starts now. Juan Manuel Fangio has won three, has won five. Michael Schumacher has won seven. Lewis Hamilton has won seven. Uh, who else has won three? 16 minutes gone. 16 minutes? 16 seconds. <laughs> I know he does go on sometimes, but. <laughs> it's been a. <laughs> Jack Brabham and Mike Hawthorne. Uh, go on, go on, you, you're there. Sebastian Vettel. Yeah. You've got 20 seconds left. Alain Pross. Yes. Nicky Lauder. Come on, come on, there's a big famous one. Matt, uh, Lewis's favourite driver. Ayrton Senna. Yes, go on, Christian. This is incredible. And then... T- t- uh, uh, Tartan guy. Uh, uh, the only other I'd say is to Jackie Stewart. Yes! yes, got it. Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't think I had them all in me. I don't know where Jack Brabham and Mike Hawthorne came from. Good lord! Oh, I'm really pleased at that. I didn't think I'd do that. Hang on, wait. Can I? I don't. I don't want. I don't want to throw sand on the fire because it was. It was amazing. But Hawthorne wasn't there. But uh, Nelson PK is on that list. Nelson PK Senior did win three, yeah, so that was... All right, so what, did I get 10 out of 11? Incredible. I'll take that. I'm really happy with that. I'll take that. 10 out of 11 is not bad. <laughs> Considering you sat there and when we when we first sort of breached the subject, you literally looked so angry. <laughs> I always presume I'm not going to know and get cross with myself for not knowing before I've not known, but I... Yeah, I was uh, 10 out of 11, I'll take all day long. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think you smashed it. I think we should get you a medal. From Antwerp. You bring me back to it from Antwerp. Bring me, a, bring me a present. I'll bring you a gold medal. I'll still want a Simone. She's got enough. <laughs> bring me a gymnast, if you like. Betty, where do we go next? I think we've got to talk about McLaren, haven't we? Because what an incredible weekend. You know when you asked me to do the three headlines at the start of the podcast and I said... Max winning the title, Lewis and George crashing and the heat. I didn't say McLaren. And I think that's the biggest compliment I can give to McLaren because they came second and third. But I'm just sort of expecting pace from them now. Them being sort of in the mix for second fastest team, especially when the Mercedes take each other out. That's sort of just where they are now. So McLaren's pace has stopped surprising me because they are just up there on merit now. But it's... Oscar Piastri's best weekend in Formula One ever. That's coincided with a weekend where Lando struggled to get to grips with the car a little bit. Why? Why did he struggle to get to grips? What was the reason? There was drivers struggling with grip. 
whenever a surface is relayed, it was exactly the same in Miami. When a circuit gets newly relayed, often that creates grip problems. And the Qatar track, like the Miami track, has just been relayed. And Lando just couldn't quite get it all hooked up. That operating window of a car in these conditions is so fine. It's really tricky to just get everything working perfectly. And Oscar was there to take advantage because Oscar was so impressive. From the word go this weekend, he looked hooked up. And I've been saying it all season, the kid's a potential future champion. On Lando quickly, I loved how dramatic he was in the in the in the little post uh, post qualifying <laughs> interview. He's like a he was like a Victorian sort of maiden. He was like, "Well, it's just because I'm just not talented enough." <laughs> it was really wonderful because everyone watching is like, "This guy's one of the was going to be one of the greatest of all time," but he was just having a, a bit of a moment. Like it's just a, it's not even an off day; it's an off <laughs> session. But this is how. You know, this is the mentality of champions. They're so hard on themselves. And we spoke about it when Oscar got his first podium mm. and he straight after the race went, wasn't my best drive today. They require 100% from themselves. So when they don't feel they have extracted 100% out of it, which Lando didn't, they're harsh on themselves. But listen, Lando pulled it all together. A brilliant P3 for him. And he got a bit grumpy on the radio that he wasn't allowed to chase and pass Oscar, which I'm sorry, Lando, for me is the right call. Yeah, I was going to say about this, I'm excited for these two in the future, like battling each other because it's, I, I think it's so funny that Norris was just like, why do you want to hold position? We have a big gap and I'm clearly a lot quicker. Do you know what's really good about this, right? In that battle for P2, you need two quick drivers. N- nobody other than Red Bull has the luxury of being able to say, well, we'll have a number one and a number two. So you have this really intriguing situation at Mercedes, McLaren and Ferrari, where they've got two really evenly matched drivers. And that is going to cause real problems for the team management because today the two Mercedes drivers collided. You know, Lando and Oscar, we've seen it. They get on well. They like each other. But in the race, they want to win. That's how they're wired. So it's really tricky for the teams to manage. And Oscar was sensational this weekend. He was. I can't praise him enough. I, I've said how special he is all season. But by the end, Lando wanted to go for it. And if I was the boss at McLaren, I'd be doing exactly the same thing. Let's maximise. Let's not. Let's maximise the positions. Let's not do a Mercedes and take each other out. Bring it home. But that's not what a driver wants to hear. We love Oscar so much. We've said it to the point of tedium, really, on this podcast now, but we he's constantly surprising us, and we knew he was good. So it was, you know, and he's getting better and better, which is exciting. So that's really good. That was a very interesting point you made there, Christian. Let's ruin that now by talking about the most boring thing in the world, tyres. But let's do it for 45 seconds, okay? Yeah. For, uh, yeah, 45 seconds of tyre chat. Can you just give us the the most interesting bit about a boring thing? <laughs> We're timing him again. <laughs> the, before the 45 seconds starts, we should say that for anyone who missed a previous podcast, this is because Greg hates tyre chat. Yeah. So as soon as the tyres became a big thing in Qatar, I was like, Greg's going to hate this. I don't, I, I don't hate it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not um, ignorant to the fact that it's, it's important, but I just... I don't want too much tyre chat because everything else is way more exciting. So, All right, Re- restricted tyre chat. Yeah, I mean, it's quite appropriate because they were restricting the tyres. So restricted tyre chat, it's, this, is, this is Qatar rules, go. The tyres didn't last for as long as Pirelli thought they would at this weekend's Qatar Grand Prix for a number of reasons. A, the circuit has been relayed and it's quite a rough circuit. 
B, it's a fast sweeping circuit, which is hard on the tires, but C, they use an unusual shape curb. I'm not fully sure why, but they're like a triangle shape, quite a harsh triangle shape. And because it's a flat circuit, similar to others that we see on the calendar like Bahrain, the drivers were using track limits to their very maximum and running wide and going onto the curb. And all of a sudden Pirelli realized, hang on a minute guys, this is making the tyres worse than they should be. So the FIA, for safety reasons, so they didn't blow up, so you can only do 18 laps on them, Stop. and then you have to pit. Great. That's that's good. And just actually one further question, because I am sort of interested. He loves the tyres, really. <laughs> <laughs> Did it make for a more interesting race? No. All right. Everybody was annoyingly competent. There, were, there weren't that many mistakes. All the pit crews went well. Everybody handled the number of pit stops well. And unfortunately, it wasn't the most exciting race of the season because of that. So no, it didn't make for a belter of a Grand Prix. It was a fairly middle-range Grand Prix. While we're sort of on answering questions, we got this one in from Laura. And a reminder to everyone, we are at Fast Curious Pod on Instagram and TikTok. So if you've got any questions, send them in. Um, so Laura says... Why do they do a formation lap at the beginning of every race when they're already in formation on the grid before they do the practice lap? Or am I missing something? It's been bugging me for ages. Okay. They come out of the pits and do a sort of reconnaissance lap to drive around to park up on the grid. That's done extremely slowly. And then the cars sit still for ages, for sort of 20-odd minutes or so. If you then went to race straight away, everything would be too cold. You need the formation lap to warm up the brakes, to warm up the tyres, to warm up the engine, to check everything's working. It, it just wouldn't, the cars just wouldn't work if they just went from go, having been sat on the grid for so long. And um, also the formation lap is, is also used by the safety car driver to check that the circuit's ready for the race. So the FIA can check race communication so it's, it's not just the drivers and the cars getting ready, but it's also the sports getting ready for the start of the race. Mm. Great answer. Cars are so sensitive, aren't they? Divas, Formula One cars. They are absolute divas. Yeah. Well, for example, Carlos Sainz's car before the race, there was a fuel problem, a problem with the fuel getting to the engine. It went, I'm not going out. I'm not. I can't, I can't find me petrol. I'm not doing it. No, I'm sitting here. <laughs> I ain't doing the Grand Prix today, Carlos. I'm going to stay here. <laughs> Very camp, Carlos's Ferrari, isn't it? I don't know if you've ever noticed that. Really camp. Very, very camp. Ferraris are fabulous. I think that's that is an appropriate voice for it. Ferrari's the campus team, isn't it? Probably, are we saying? No, Alpine. I think Alpine's really camp. Uh, yeah. Alpine's there with their cigarette and their glass of wine, you know, like... Hi, darling. Like, <laughs> this is great. Great. This is, you can actually, you can attribute personality traits to each of these cars. We've done Red Bull, which is just totally like, oh, mate, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's the guy that you meet at 6am at Glastonbury who's still going from the <laughs> night before. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. How's it going? You all right? Yeah, yeah. I've just, yeah, I, I heard there's a secret set. Yeah, I think Fred again's doing a secret set. Yeah, it's not, it's not under name, Freddie. Yeah, yeah, anyway, all right. Catch up with you later. That. And then Mercedes are like the school jock. Like they would have been like the rugby players at school. They're giving me that sort of vibe. Do you think? Yeah, like big. Yeah, I was going to say the same, Betty. I agree. Like I'm, I'm thinking muscles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
uh, Aston Martin, kind of the elder statesman, sort of like an old, like a mature student type thing, you know, sort of just... Mm. Certainly with Fernando, yeah. How about that? We could also get our wonderful listeners to um, join in with that discussion. Fast and Curious at acast.com or you can do it on TikTok or Instagram. Let's bring the mood down slightly by potentially bringing some food up. And that is a reference to Logan Sargent, who, I don't know who put this on the group, but someone said, Logan's vomited into his helmet. Me. Which is one of the worst things I've ever thought about. I've never thought about that before. (laughs) And now I can't stop thinking about it going into the visor. And then you smell it and then he more goes out. And then having to sort of open the visor to sort of like try and push it all out. But also then you have to clean the visor from... But I, Did that happen? Do we have confirmation that, of this or is it just a horrible <laughs> rumour? I think Christian started a rumour. So when I put it in the group, I was spreading fake news. Um, I thought James Valls had said to Sky that he had been sick. I think James at that point had said he felt like he was going to be sick. Right. But what we do know is he, he, it, it's unusual, not totally unheard of, but it's unusual, highly unusual for a driver to retire from a race because of illness. So I just want to say on Logan before we carry on, we know we're big supporters of him on this podcast because he's been on a few times and we're big, big fans of his. Also, he, but he's also incredibly talented driver who has earned, earned a place in a very, very difficult sport in a very, very difficult season. Yes, and what I was going to say was he, he his pace was excellent this weekend. He came within a tenth of a second of Alex Albon, who is a brilliant qualifier, in the race qualifying and up until the point he felt ill he was running right behind Alex his pace was bang on Alex's for a good chunk of the weekend which we've not been able to say so there are positives to take for Logan for this weekend and that will have will not have gone unnoticed the only thing that I would say is he has said in the past that he doesn't drink during a Grand Prix yeah I'd, I'd be surprised if that was a conscious choice but it would appear that it was heat related. And also, I don't know if you guys spotted this, but r- just as the checkered flag waved, Lance Stroll, Alex Albon were both checked over by the FIA's medical team. Kevin Magnussen requested that the leaf blowers, as they call them, that they used to cool things down, was blown on him. So I've, I can't remember seeing the drivers affected by the heat that much before, even in races like Singapore. So it seemed extraordinarily difficult for the drivers but also Lando Norris was pouring water all over him like literally just like almost like litres just trying to cool himself down can you imagine though feeling sick in an F1 car because I get car sick so many times but imagine in an F1 car not worth thinking about because also you're you're travelling so fast that it's not like you can just sort of turn your head and spew over your shoulder. The, the serious point with this is is F1 goes to humid places. So the the Grand Prix in Mexico has had this because that's very high altitude. Singapore has it. It's only the second ever Qatar Grand Prix. I'm imagining that that will be looked at for the drivers to be affected as much as that for one to retire. Who knows? It might be unconnected with local. We don't know, but it doesn't look like it. I wonder if, you know, the race might be moved even later at night in Qatar because um, that is unusual for, you know, these are supremely fit athletes for them to have been affected that much. That's a lot. If it got too hot, would the cars really struggle? F1 cars are still cars and there'll have been times when I bet people listening to this have been in the, you know, parents dodgy Clio and you're on a hot day driving down the motorway and you're like, oh God, we're steaming, it's overheating. 
that that can happen. Um, so yes, Betty, in answer to your question, we also heard in the race Fernando Alonso saying that he felt his engine was overheating and it was burning his bum. Again, what we don't know at this point whether that was heat affected. But yeah, F1 cars are prone to overheating just like any other vehicle. Let's spin it off. Betty's just <laughs> ready to get rid of it. Yeah, let's spin it off. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. It's signed a long-term contract. Sorry, Betty. Okay, that's Qatar. Let's Let's head... Somewhere else. Where should we go next, Betty? I think we should go to America and Texas, to be precise, because mm. that's where the, the next race is in a couple of weeks. And Christian, I hope you started packing because you're going to be there. Not for us, but for <laughs> different podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> the well, no, so, sort of for us, sort of for us, just not just not paid for by me yeah. that's fine uh, i'm really excited yeah i'm going to my what third race of the season so i'm going to texas i'm going with the other podcast i do which a lot of our lovely listeners also listen to i get so many messages of people saying they listen to both i do a podcast for formula one called f1 explains which is a podcast where we explain f1 oh yeah so you see why we did the name there you see <laughs> Uh, and um, I hope we start getting, excuse me, I hope we start getting as many shout outs for this podcast on that one as that one gets on this one. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Sure, fine. But yeah, I'm, I'm going for, I'm going for my, my, my other podcast family, but I will of course be checking in with you guys as well. Uh, and, um, and I'm also uh, staying in Austin for a week after the Grand Prix. I wonder what the sirens are like out in Texas. <laughs> Ooh, a great shout. I'll find out. I'll find out. I'll send Greg a voice note. <laughs> well, no, they'll be, they'll be Americans, so they'll be... Oh, yeah. And they'll do that. Do you think they'll have a, a, a dramatic voiceover? Warning, emergency vehicle. Oh, I love those. They're the best. Well, let's see while you're out there if we can maybe get you to chat to a driver. That would be lovely. I'm... Um, there's one I've been trying for who we've we've not had on the podcast. Me and producer Jimmy were exchanging a couple of emails last week. Oh. So what else do we need to be ready for with Texas? Also that weekend is the final race in the opening season of the F1 Academy, the all-female series, which we've been following all year on this podcast, mainly through British driver Chloe Grant, who's been incredible. Some of the insight that we've had from her has been fantastic. Um, so we've got something really exciting lined up to round off that series sort of over that weekend as well. So you can all look forward to that. Well, we are looking forward to that a lot. And it's a big moment for Chloe and obviously the rest of the drivers in uh, F1 Academy, because as we've said, it's the one that's aligned with the with the, with the uh, with the Formula One Grand Prix. And you're going to be able to watch it live on the telly for the first time as well, which is massive. And that will be the case next year for the whole season. So it will be much easier to follow F1 Academy Great. next year. And we'll be keeping an eye on it next year as well on this podcast as well. Yes, ye and indeed ha. Just before we go... Um, um, I had a McDonald's while watching the race because I love a McDonald's over weekends. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I won a six chicken McNuggets or a double cheeseburger, any regular McCafe hot drink. I do like a McDonald's latte and 15% off Zavi, which I didn't know was still a thing. So as well as the Grand Prix being on, I've had a lovely day. Wow. Well, thanks for um, taking us out the running for McDonald's adverts in the future because we do them without getting paid for them. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, it's fine. And also Zavi adverts for basically saying that you didn't think they existed. So that's great. Cheers for that. <laughs> no, that's fine. If you haven't heard the last few episodes of this podcast and you've only just joined us this week, you might want to just flick back because we've had Alex Albon on recently, Oscar Piastri, when he just re-signed for McLaren. We had the actor Nicholas Holt on talking about how he's training with Ferrari. And we had F1 commentary legend 
David Croft on commentating on your mundane activities, which we really, really enjoyed. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the feed and we will speak to you later this week or maybe early next week. We'll see how everyone's diaries fare. But thank you for listening and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Any free hot drink is lovely.